0: Good morning everyone. Good morning. Good morning. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Um if you need to call me anything, I'm Pastor Donald, but I am nobody. And uh it is Pastor Appreciation Month. We've been honoring the shepherds of this house all month long and uh last week Pastor Terry Bates brought a fire word. Man, I was so I was so uh Shoot, man, I was so caught off guard by how fiery that word was, because it's been a long time since I've heard Pastor Terry preach, and he brought it, and uh, just went right along with our theme, which is with, with God, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Somebody else might say that, that with God, all things are possible. Somebody else might say, you might hear another person say that with God, nothing is impossible. So I I need you guys to to get excited about that theme and make that your theme for the rest of the year. I don't know about you, but I'm not taking no more L's this year. I don't know about you, but I'm 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 not gonna live by what the circumstances may look like. I'm gonna live according to what the word of God says. I'm not trying to be Joel Osteen or nothing, but I do believe that I am who he says I am and I can do what he says I can do, okay? So I need you guys to get on the same page this morning, amen? Pastor Terry brought such an awesome word. He was was throwing some some old school, Old Testament stuff at us. And it made me remember how much I love the Old Testament. And so this morning, I want to take you guys back into the Old Testament. It's still relevant because all of it's the word. But for those of us that, that have been following and been serious students of the word, we know that when we went through the journey in John, that John made it very plain and told us that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So the word was always there in the beginning. Right, So that means it doesn't matter if, you, if your text says Old Testament or it says New Testament, it's all the word. It's Jesus. Yes. Amen? Yes. Judges chapter 6. What we need to understand here before we go into the text is that the children of Israel have experienced 40 years of rest in the land. And here, here it is, we find ourselves in Judges chapter 6, and it says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would add a blessing to your word today, Lord. Let our minds be able to be be receptive to your word. Let us be able to perceive and understand what it is that you are saying to your people today. Give us a heart that believes, Father. We ask that our hearts would be soil that would receive the seed of your word, that it would be watered, that it would bear forth much fruit, and that we would be pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name we ask this, amen Amen. and amen. So we're going to talk about our homeboy, Gideon. Real pronunciation of his name is Gidon. Gidon. I'm not lying. Look it up in your concordance. Hebrew is Gidon. But we call him Gideon, right? So we're talking about Gideon and Midian, right? So Gideon is the son of Joash, and they are uh, of the area of Ebiazar, which actually translates to my father is help, or the Lord is help. Okay? And so here it is, Gideon has lived in this environment and for seven years, because of the disobedience of the people of God, God has given them over into the hands of the Midianites and Midian and all of his homeboys, all these nations have have prevailed against the children of God because of their disobedience. One of the things that we need to understand here is that Midian actually translates to the word strife. Midian is strife. And so here it is, God has allowed for seven years because of their disobedience for strife to overwhelm them and overtake them. Something that we need to know about the Midianites and all of their people that have come up against the children of of Israel. They were raiders who descended on the Israelites at harvest time. Interesting that we're in a time of harvest right now, right? Follow me with this. They would come and they'd steal their crops and all their possessions and then retreated to their own land. They didn't want to kill the Israelites. They just wanted to harass them. They wanted to take over their stuff. They wanted to bother them. They preferred to let the Israelites sow and harvest their crops and then steal what God's people had labored so hard to produce. Verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, translation, uh, with all due respect, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all, all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us And delivered us into the hands of the strife causers. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the strife causers. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, with all due respect, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the strife causers as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign, that is you, that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in, prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour, the meat he he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock. "'and pour out the broth,' and he did so. "'Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff "'that was in his hand, and touched the meat "'and unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock, "'and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, "'and the angel of the Lord departed out of, out of his sight. "'Now Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. "'So Gideon said, "'Alas, O Lord God, "'for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face.' Then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. The Lord is peace. Some of you guys may may be familiar with the term Jehovah Shalom. These are all places that, that, that the, the people of God named after they've had an encounter and God has revealed himself to them. It's interesting that he names the place Jehovah Shalom after experiencing seven years of strife. Peace is the opposite of strife, right? Have you, I don't know about you. I don't know if you, any of you guys have ever lived in a household where there's a lot of strife and stuff going on. But, but peace is scarce in a house that's filled with strife. And so here it is, after the revelation of, of, of God comes to Gideon, Gideon names this place, he builds an altar and names this place Jehovah Shalom, or the Lord is peace, amen? Something that, that Gideon failed to see as he's having his discourse and his conversation with the angel of the Lord is that he's, he's like, I don't understand why the, all this stuff is happening to us. I don't understand, I don't get it. Like, you guys, you, you, if you're really with us, why are you allowing, allowing Midian to, 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 to prevail against us? Why are you allowing the strife causers to prevail against us? Which, which shows us that Gideon's focus was on the wrong thing. Gideon is focused on Midian, but he's not, he's not realizing that Midian is only the byproduct of the real problem. The real problem at hand is Israel's spiritual bondage to idolatry. They failed to obey the word and the voice of the Lord. The angel in his greeting addresses Gideon, mighty man of valor. Isn't that funny that that God approaches us and when he calls us by name, he doesn't call us by where we're at. But he calls us to what he's called us to be. Are you following this? This is why this is why the whole discourse goes on between him and the angel for so long. So here's what's funny about it is 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 when you read and you pay attention to the text and you pay attention to the way that, that the, the 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 dialogue is written, it exchanges between him saying, "Oh Lord," and then there's a big Lord. It goes in between him saying that he's speaking to the angel, and then the Lord turns to him and says, so. Here it is, some, some of the things that that's going on in here in order for, for God to get Gideon on the same page of the program and what God is has planned for his future, he has to turn and say it to him and not allow the messenger to say it to him. But it also shows us the level of, 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 of where Gideon is at in perceiving what the truth is. Because here it is, we, we look at, at, at Gideon that, that he lacks faith in that, you know, he, he, he's asking for a sign when it's God directly talking to him. How many of us has God given us a word and told us about ourselves and told us about what it is that he has planned for us, but we still kind of like asking for signs. We still waiting around and we kind of looking. The exchange goes between Gideon and the angel and then the angel steps aside and lets the Lord go ahead and and speak to Gideon so so that way he can get get the, the, the true revelation of what's going on. And so once Gideon gets it, he builds an altar and names the place after his encounter, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. What Gideon failed to realize is that the condition that they were in was the result of their abandoning God and not God abandoning them. God never abandoned them, but he allowed this stuff to come upon them because of their disobedience. He's there in the midst of them the whole time, even in the midst of their idolatry, in the, even in the midst of their idol worship and their disobedience, God is there the whole time. It reminds me of what he said in Malachi. He says, return unto me and I'll return unto you, right? Will a man rob God? Where, where have we robbed you? Gideon failed to understand how he could be God's instrument of deliverance. He was the youngest and therefore the least esteemed in his father's household. Gideon was looking for a natural sign of leadership, but God was promising supernatural enablement. The angel's miracle convinced Gideon. What's funny about it is God comes to Gideon it's like Gideon gives him the excuse, I'm the least, of my, how is this gonna happen? Uh, with all due respect, ain't nobody gonna pay attention to me, I'm the youngest and my, and my clan is the least in the land, so, so what makes you think that I'm qualified to go, go out and lead our people into victory over our adversaries? And he said, look, man, surely I will be with you. Surely I will be with you. I'm giving you a promise right now. Sign, seal, deliver, I'm yours. I'm with you. And so he's like, all right, okay, I'm I'm perceiving. He's like, I'm liking what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But uh, hold on and stay here right quick so I can make sure that this is what it is. I'm going to go whip something up real quick. I'm going to bring it right back. So he goes and whips up his, his offering, this meal, and brings it to the angel. And the angel's like, yeah, set that, that, that right there. So he sets it down and presents it to him. And here it is. Gideon's reminded of what real worship looks like. That you receive the word of the Lord. You receive the revelation. You bring a sacrifice and offer it up. And it's consumed something that they had been out of practice with for quite some time. And so this convinces him that, yes, truly, I met face-to-face with the angel of the Lord. And then we find ourselves at verse 25. It says, Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull. This is the night that he had the encounter with the angel says, take your father's young bull. It's interesting how he has this encounter under the tree. The angel departs, but God continues to talk to him all through the night. It's something about when we, when we prioritize things correctly and we put worship back in its rightful place, that God continues to speak to us. And so he continues to speak to Gideon and he says, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven, of seven years old and tear down the altar of Baal. That's how far these people have gone. They're, they're, they're in Baal worship. He says, tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image, which you shall cut down. So Gideon took 10 men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. He receives a word from God and instruction Direction and revelation, and now he's fearful of his family's reaction and what their response is going to be. Anybody experienced that in here? Like you had a revelation, you got a revelation of who the true and living God is. It transformed and changed your life. That you did, you took drastic action, and your family got an opinion. Uh, where were you at? When my adversaries were, were were overtaking me, where were you at? Where was your word of encouragement? Where was your direction? Where was your instruction then? In? But here, but 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 hold up. Here's something, something that's kind of a trip. I'm like, so Gideon talking about how he's like so like he's he's in such a deficit. Like Lord, how could you use me? But you see that he had like ten. Do servants that could come help him accomplish this task. I don't know about you, I don't have no servants. Closest thing I got to it is like four kids, but I ain't got no servants, right? So I don't understand this. Like, dude, dude's kind of like downplaying what God, what God wants to use with him. He kind of downplaying. How many of us downplay what it is that God has? To g- God done given you talents and giving you abilities. He done given you some wisdom. He done took you through some things. And you just acting like, nah, it ain't nothing. It ain't really nothing. You know what I'm saying? And you calling it being humble. That ain't humble you hiding. That ain't humble you hiding. Just like he was down in the wine press hiding. You know, I'm going to keep my, I'm going to, shoot, man, we've been doing this for seven years. So I, <laughs> bet they ain't going to find my wheat down here. I'm down here t- t- handling my stuff. I'm down here threshing this wheat. They ain't about to come over here and get my stuff. My little bit of stuff. I, mm-mm. Ain't happening. I bet. I bet Gideon rehearsed in his mind over the past six, seven years that this has been going on, or how he, he'd love to give. The, if he got a chance, he would give the Midianites the business because they're coming over here and harassing, and and, and plundering, and pillaging, and taking their stuff that they work so hard for. And here it is. God's giving them an opportunity. But God gave him instruction. Before I, before I send you on this mission, I need you to go ahead and handle business and tear down the idols. Destroy them. And then restore my altar. Tear down the idols and restore true worship. And so out of, out of, out of fear of the opinions of his family, but out of honor, and, 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 and wanting to be obedient to what God has told him to do, he does it. And I'm going to skip the discourse that goes on between the people when they woke up the next morning and them being upset about what he did and them coming to his father's house trying to have, uh, you know, they trying to trying to bring the lynch mob to his father's house. But in verse 36, we pick it back up. Gideon's right back on mission and says, so Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. I thought we settled this already. So verse 38, and it was so when he rose early the next morning, And squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just one more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground. Gideon's faith needed some added support, and God provided this without reproof. Can you look at that? Why? Because God is trying to expose something before he takes Gideon out on this task. He's trying to expose something in Gideon. He's trying to get Gideon to see that it's possible for fear and faith to dwell in the same vessel, It's possible for fear and faith to dwell in the same vessel, but one has to be submitted to the other. Are you following? I'm not talking, mind you, I'm not talking about the spirit of fear because we know God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. There's a difference between the spirit of fear and the emotion of fear. Okay, God has not given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But what God is exposing to Gideon is that like, man, hey, <laughs> I, like the, I like the fact that you got enough faith to believe that I can do this task that you're asking. I like that you got enough faith to believe that I can do something as, as, such as manipulate the elements to what it is that you're requesting. But I know that you're you're, you're requesting this because of the fear that's on the inside of you. Because you see the impossibility of the task that I'm calling you to and you're fearful about it. But I appreciate the fact that you're willing to still go forward this task and you're just asking a simple request as a confirmation. Cause many of us give Gideon a hard time. We like, man, bro, why you just God talking to you, right? God is talking to you. How how come you asking God to keep proving Himself over? Well, well, some of us don't realize that 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 there are there are uh, times where God allows us to test Him, and that's to see if He's going to be faithful to His word. Cause sometimes that sometimes we don't understand that because we are liars by nature, we project what we are. But God, in in all of his, his compassion and his mercy, condescends toward us in order to reveal himself to us. Gideon's fleece is not necessarily a sign of faith. It's the opposite. It's not a search for God's will because he knows God's will. He knows God's will. God's laid out his will before him. But it's a desperate grasp of security by one who knows clearly what the will of God is but who is reluctant a bit to do it. Many of us find ourselves in the same place that Gideon's in. We know the will of God. We claim that we, 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 we bring out the excuse, man, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. No, God's revealed his will to you. You just ain't willing to admit that you're reluctant to do what's necessary to fulfill the will of God. Right? Like you, you, you know, you you too busy binge watching stuff. Like, like, like you know what I'm saying? I know they got rehearsal tonight, but uh, and I could play, I can, I can play them skins over there, or I can, I can, I can, I can play the strings, or I can tickle the ivories, or I got I got vocals, I could sing. But you know You know I'm binge watching Black Ink Crew or whatever the mess is that y'all be watching out there on 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 reality TV. Because you're reluctant to do what's necessary, you're reluctant to bring that sacrifice. Because if that sacrifice gets consumed, then you know it's on. One of the things that God is trying to show to Gideon, I believe that he's trying to express to us today, is that he is not interested in simply giving us the victory. He is concerned with teaching us trust. Chapter 7, verse 2. So the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. Because Gideon seen the fleece, he's like, Okay, bet it's on. Goes and gathers his troops. He's like, yeah, we got this squad up. Everybody, we finna do this. God has revealed this to me. He's giving Midian into our hands. Let's go. And the Lord says to him in verse two says, you have too many warriors with you. If I, if I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Mm. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid, or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. (laughs) Two out of three dudes left and went home. It's like, hey man, any of y'all scared? Y'all can go ahead and go home. And it was like, bet. Everybody took off and left. Two out of three dudes left. But you know what was awesome about that? Is I believe that was a a regular thing that they offered to the warriors in Scripture because Moses in the law in Deuteronomy 20 verse 8, he says this, in addition to the officers, in addition, the officers are to say to the troops who among you is afraid and faint-hearted, he may go home so that he will not make his fellow soldiers heart as fearful as his own fear is contagious so what he's talking about here remember I said there's a difference between the spirit of fear and having the emotion of fear them them 22,000 dudes that left spirit of fear spirit of fear defeated before they even went in spirit of fear Moses told them, he said, go ahead and let them leave so that way they won't make their fellow soldiers' hearts as fearful as their own. Yeah. You see, one of the things that you got to realize is some of y'all still in the waiting pattern on what it is that God has told you to do because you want to bring a bunch of people with you because you feel security in, in, in numbers. You feel security like, man, oh, bet let's go. Let's squad up and let's go do this. But God is calling you to do that. And everybody can't come with you. No matter how great of a relationship you have, no matter how tight y'all are, no matter how many things y'all been through, some stuff you just gotta go through on your own. You can't bring everybody with you. Lest when you accomplish it that they take credit for what it is that God has called you to do. The ratio of the Midianites to the Israel soldiers after the the 22,000 left was 450 to one. That's what 10,000 soldiers left. It was 450 to one. Verse four. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. What? I just lost 22,000 people, Lord. I just lost 22,000 people, Lord, and the ratio is 450 to one right now and I still have too many people? The Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them there for you. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same same shall go with you, and of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. When the Lord said to Gideon, then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Let me pause there real quick. What God is trying to get Gideon to realize is that this is not about self-reliance. I dwindle down, I cut through your numbers because I don't want them taking credit for what it is that I'm doing. And I cut it down even further so that way you really know that it's me that's doing this, not you. Why? Because oftentimes we don't realize that self-reliance is more catastrophic than defeat itself. Did you get that? Self-reliance is often more catastrophic than defeat itself. Because mess around and accomplish something on your own that you thought, like, let me see how this works out, and and it's successful, then you become dependent on yourself. So here it is. God is telling him, he says, look, okay, this 300, you going down there. What did we say, what did we say the ratio was? With the 10,000, it's 450 to one. I ain't even gonna do the math to try and figure out what the ratio is now with 300 dudes. Because it said the Midianites were like locusts. They like You couldn't number how many of them there were. And now here it is. They're right above them as, they're camped, as the Midianites are camped down in the valley. And it's nighttime. And here it is, God saying, look, man, I delivered them into your hand. He says, but you know what? If you're still afraid, because I understand I understand that, that now you probably really kind of like wondering, like, Lord, what are you doing now that I have only 300 men? What are you doing now? The Lord said, bet, check this out. Still afraid, take your servant. Y'all go down there and sneak down into the enemy's camp and just take a listen. I don't know if I can illustrate this for you, but I don't know how many of you guys have ever been to, to Pena Adobe. Been to Pina Adobe, right? So Lagoon Valley, imagine that field with Midianites. As far as you can see, tents, everything. Tents, lanterns, donkeys, camels, just, just, a, just a camp. And all of them are soldiers and warriors, pirates, raiders, all of them as far as the eye can see in this valley. And there's 300 of us up on the hills at the top looking down there at nighttime. And God saying, y'all going, y'all going, y'all going, uh, y'all going win. But if you're still afraid, check this out. Go down there and sneak down there and take a listen. So, verse 12, Gideon says, Now the Midianites and the Malachites were as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in the multitude. That's crazy. And when Gideon had come, there was a man. He gets up to the camp, and he gets there, just as a man is telling a dream to his companion. How crazy is it? Like, you can't make this stuff up, right? Sounds like something out of a movie. Just as Gideon and Purah pull up to the camp, there's a man telling a dream to his companion, and he said, I've had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Hold up, hold up. So Gideon is the least of his brethren. Gideon is from the lowest clan in the land. The Midianites, like, I I don't understand how it is they have his full government name. They got this man's government name that came to them in a dream. It doesn't make sense. Now, I don't know if it was one of them things like where, I don't know, like a couple months ago, we had, we had uh, some, some mail theft on our block, right? Now, I don't know if the Midianites, like from all their pillaging and plundering all these years, had some of some, some, some Gideon's mail or whatever, and it was like, hey, bro, <laughs> this dude right here, that's the one from the dream. Had his full name and confirm what it was that God told him he was going to do. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped. He worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred... The hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle of watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled. We don't get an understanding as to where Gideon got this strategy from, of what to do next. We don't see that. Obviously, it was of the Lord and 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 accomplished what the Lord wanted. What's crazy about it is we don't hear about them going into the camp with any kind of sword. We don't see anything about them, any shedding of blood that came from the 300. But they lifted a shout unto God, They cracked the pitchers which are made of earth and clay so that their light shined and it caused their enemy to scatter and devour themselves. I don't know if you guys are getting this, but in the same manner, God has called us to do the same, that though our enemies may be numerous, though our enemies may be many, though our enemies may seem to have the upper hand, though they prevailed, prevailed over us for quite some time now, that God has given us a strategy that if you go ahead and just obey me and take me at my word, I will deliver it into your hand. I will deliver them into your hand. But if you're still afraid, go ahead and go and listen. Just go down to the enemy's camp and take a listen. he goes down to the enemy's camp and takes a listen and they call him by name. They call him by name. Could it be that the thing that we've are we are, we've been paralyzed by fear about is actually afraid of us? Could it be that the thing that, that, that we've, 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 we've been struggling to overcome is actually waiting on us to overcome it? that it's already been delivered into our hand. And all we need to do is respond in worship. Get rid of the idols and respond in worship. Stop idolizing our adversary. Stop idolizing the circumstance. Stop idolizing the situation. Because the victory didn't come from the the 30-something thousand that he had What he started with. Just like your victory didn't come, ain't, ain't coming from the, the, the career. Your victory ain't coming from the house. Your victory ain't coming from the spouse. Your victory ain't coming from whatever it is that you got sitting in your bank account. Your victory comes from the Lord. They shattered the clay pots just like we are to break our clay we're to break this flesh, the clay. Do you not realize that man was formed out of the clay? And we've been placed, there's, the, there's a light that's been placed on the inside of us. That if we would break ourselves, we would let the flesh get out of the way. The light could shine through and God will get all the glory on our behalf. But no, we're sitting there waiting playing humble, we just, we, we just humble, nah. You know, I don't, I don't really have much, man. I'm just, I'm just humble. No, you hiding. You hiding. God gets no glory out of us playing small. Could you imagine how, how much longer this would go on and carry on if Gideon had decided to stay down in the wine press? Like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool with my little bit of wheat, you know what I'm saying? They ain't gonna find it down here. I'm good. How many of us take that same posture? It's like, yeah, man, I could sing, but, you know. Oh Yeah, you know what, man? I really like working with kids, but you know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I do that all day. I'm going to just, you know. What you've been given is not for you. Because if you treat like what it, what your talents, your gifts, and your abilities like they're for yourself, you just like the wicked and slothful servant that buried their talent in the ground. And when the master comes, please be expecting to get exactly what it is that you deserve. Dirt nap, just like you gave your talent. Dirt nap. Often we downplay the miraculous things that God has done and call it being humble. We downplay the the, the miraculous things that God has done in our lives. We downplay, we treat it like as, as if it's just common and it's nothing. We just got done singing a song about Lord, help us to be more aware of your presence. If we, would, if we would really take that seriously, we wouldn't be so trivial when it comes to the things of God. We wouldn't treat them as that they're minuscule and that they're meaningless and that they don't mean anything. We wouldn't treat our gifts like, oh yeah, they're just run of the mill and anybody can do this. When you know in your heart of hearts that God has given you something that you're bad at. But you're allowing fear to keep you from your deliverance. I praise God for our pastors and their yes. I don't believe, I don't believe, you know, in, in some cases I believe that there are fearless leaders, but I think that, that I'm thankful for the fearful leaders that do it afraid, that do it, that do it with hearts racing, that do it with not knowing how. They say the, the greatest leaders, the, 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 the greatest leaders are the ones who will jump off and build the plane on the way down. They'll jump and build the plane on the way down. And some of you guys are in that same position right now. God has been dealing with you and dealing with you. And your frustration is coming from your disobedience. Can I just be transparent? Can I be transparent with you guys for a minute? Uh, for those of you, for some of you guys don't realize that, that I, I graduated a few years back from school, Um, I got my bachelor's in in music production, and for the most part, I have not used that degree or any of those skills that that I have, those talents and those gifts that I have. And uh, I've often found some frustration in in the state that I've been in, uh, whether it be financially or whether it be just in, in general, because I'm not doing stuff that I'm passionate about. And so the Lord has been like on me. And, and one day the Lord was like, yeah, bro, you got, you got a bunch of, uh, a, a bunch of them, them financial needs that you need met are sitting in that room on that computer in seed form. Get to sowing. And that's what God is saying to some of you guys. Some of you guys are in there. You guys have been doing stuff in the dark. Working, but you just like, nah. I don't know if it's good enough. Nah, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. No, God gave that to you, and you just sitting on it. Selfish. I ain't gonna lie. Selfish. I just had to. I had to admit it. And that's that's when God can do something. Is when you come to a place where you'll admit what the truth is. Admit, man, Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I'm afraid. Lord, I don't, know, I don't know everything, and that, that makes me uneasy about this. Lord, I don't know if I'm good enough. He's saying, he's saying I, that, that none of that matters because I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or even think or imagine. Never think you are unusable. You ain't got to be the next TikTok or IG influencer. God can use you right where you're at. He uses the foolish, the weak, and the despised things to confound the wisdom of this world. As we come to a close, Gideon had to win the war in his heart first before he could go and accomplish what the Lord had for him. He had to win the, the, the war that was in his heart. He was conflicted. And many of us find ourselves in the same, the same predicament. We may be sitting in the middle of our circumstance. We may be sitting in the middle of our situation, and we're like, Lord, like, I, it's, it's hard for me to remain hopeful in this situation. Lord, like, what, what do I do? It's, I feel like the task ahead of me is so impossible, and I'm so incapable and ill-equipped. How, Lord, How? I want you to be encouraged today. And I hope you find encouragement from this passage that we read about Gideon being in the same predicament that many of us are in. Many of us have been hiding out, hiding behind humble. Downplaying the miracle that God has done for us. I don't know about you guys, but but It's embarrassing that that, that we don't have this place erupting in praise and adoration of God every time our pastor gets up here and utters one word. Because I was there when he couldn't speak, he couldn't speak. Yeah, he gets up here and, he, and he'll stammer at times. He'll stutter a little bit. His, the words will, will escape him sometimes, but he couldn't speak. Don't downplay the miracle that God has done in your life. Some of y'all shouldn't even be sitting in these seats right now but you're downplaying what God has brought you from. You're downplaying where he found you at. God gets no glory out of you playing small. Whatever it is that you're going through, God has you right where he wants you to be. Here it is, you got Gideon and the children of Israel in Abiezar, which is the place of help, but yet they're helpless. But with slight adjustments, they were able to receive the help that they needed. Many of us get it wrong. We don't understand that, that, that we have a helper. We have a helper. We we weren't left here unequipped. We weren't left here abandoned as orphans. We've been given a helper. We stand right now in the place of Ebiazar, where the Lord is here to help us. We have a God that is present. We have Emmanuel, God, with us. We have a helper to accomplish whatever it is that God has called us to. And he's called us by name. And I need you guys to grasp and understand that that, that just as God did it for Gideon to where he went down to the enemy's camp at the right spot, at the right time, just as he happens upon a man bringing up his name who had a a dream about him. Do you realize what the odds of that are? More impossible than the, the odds of 450 to one being defeated by the one. but God has done that for you. And he's saying, if you would just listen, stop stop deifying the odds that are against you and defy the odds by being obedient to me, you'll come out of this thing on top. I built you for this. You were made for this. If you would go down there and listen at the enemy's camp, whatever it is that 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 is your enemy, it might be bills. If you were listening at what they're really saying, not looking at the fact that they're piling up, because the Midianites they went and camped outside of there, so it was like they could see their adversary right before they're about to attack. They out there camping and sleeping, and they're like, "Yeah, we gonna wait. They gonna wake up tomorrow and come and wreak havoc on us." Just like them bills stacking up, and you like. The bills are saying, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Do you know what that means? That means you're going to be alive another day to fight. You're going to be alive another day to make some money. You're going to be alive another day. Do you understand what that's saying? But yet we look at we look at the problem and we glorify and we magnify it instead of magnifying the Lord. I like that that Chandler Moore song where he says, "I was, I, I was, I was made for this, right? I was built for this. From the start, I was finished. From the start, I was finished. From the start, I was finished." God is calling you by who He's called you to be, not where you're at. He didn't say, "Come on up here, sister, struggling." He said, come up here, mighty woman of God, woman of virtue. Listen, by faith, they overcame. Hebrews 11, verse 30, just to give you a quick glimpse. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had perceived or received the spies with peace, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah, and all of David, all of also of David and Samuel, and the prophets who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Are we talking about impossible stuff or are we talking about impossible stuff? Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Four things I want to give you guys to leave with today. If we're to be like Midian, I mean Gideon, Number one, Gideon meditated on the word. How, 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 how do you do this, you say? All the fleecing and asking God to do these things, when God came to him with the word, the word didn't leave him. He kept thinking about it and he's like, well, if this is for real, if this is what's going on, he's meditating on the word. He's walking it out, he's like, okay, Lord, okay, I need, comp- I need you to confirm this word. I need you to give me a revelation of what it is that you just said to me. The same thing that needs to be like us. As we're writing notes and we're taking notes down, we need to meditate on it as we go out of these doors. Not waiting every time that there's a service, but we need to have service on our own and meditate on the word of God throughout the week so that he would reveal himself to us in a greater way, that we would receive greater understanding and revelation of who he is and what his character is that we would obtain the victory in our lives on a daily basis. Number two, after you've meditated on the word and God has revealed himself to you, through his word, you will be empowered to destroy the idols in your life. When we we meditate on the word, God reveals himself to us, but it also reveals to us who we are and shows us the areas that we are not honoring him as God in our lives. And as he reveals it to us, he gives us the power and the ability to recognize the areas of idolatry in our life and we are to destroy the idols. So Gideon meditated on the word, he committed himself to following the true and living God and destroyed the idols. When we commit ourselves, when we make a commitment to God, we are setting ourselves apart for his use, amen? Number three, he obeyed God. He obeyed God and he worshiped him. We meditate upon the word, we get rid of our idols and we live in true worship. Hebrew word for worship is Obed. Shorter for obedience. Because that's what true worship is. It's being obedient unto God and what his will is for your life. And lastly, Abiazar, We rely on our help. Why? Because when we put all these things in order, when we meditate on the word, when we receive the word, the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls, we get rid of our idols and we honor God with a life of worship. The Holy Spirit, our helper, is able to enter into our lives and help us both to will and to do what is God's good pleasure. Are you following? We can rely on our helper, Abiazar the help that comes from God. And if you want to know where, where that scripture is about Holy Spirit being in us, working, working in us to both the will and do what God's good is, Philippians chapter two, verse 13. Philippians chapter two, verse 13, write that down and meditate on that. And I'm gonna leave you with this. When the people God calls to himself respond positively by committing themselves to him, And standing up for him, he strengthens their faith so he can use them in greater ways. His ability can overcome the inability of his servants if they rely on his promises. Even through their faith, he will make it strengthened if they ask that he helps their unbelief. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Give God some praise and stand to your feet. He knows you by name. And he's called you for this. But even more so, he's revealed your name to your enemies and he's delivered your enemies into your hand. Why? Because you belong to him. You are his and he is yours. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have built us for this. We thank you that you have already written our ending Our ending is a glorious one. Help us, Lord, in our unbelief. Lord, help us to trust you and take you at your word. Lord, let us not downplay the miracles that are all around us. Let us not downplay the miracle of salvation. Let us not downplay the the miracle of us witnessing dead things being made alive again. Let us not treat you as common But help us to be more aware of your presence, Lord. That we would live in the moment. That we would live with our ear tuned to your voice. And that we would be obedient, Lord. Help us to receive the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Help us to meditate upon it, Lord. Help us to see the idols the places that we've built idols in our life lord that we might tear them down and destroy them and restore true worship and that we would publicly live a life of worship unto you lord that our our, our clay vessels would be broken that the light would shine forth and shine through not only making a declaration to our enemies that you delivered into our hands but it would make a declaration to the whole world, that we serve the true and living God. Lord, we thank you right now that you've equipped us for every good work. Lord, that you have called us for such a time as this. Lord, we ask that you would bring to remembrance, Lord, all the words that you have spoken to us. Lord, that we would be able to to redeem those, Lord, and cash in on those. Father, right now we repent for sitting and waiting and and, and downplaying and hiding behind humble. But Lord, we come right now to you and we ask that you would make us bold as lions. Lord, that you would make us courageous, that we would go forth and accomplish all that you have called us to. Lord, that we would first start in our homes and that it would spread out of our homes and into our communities, Lord. Lord, that our communities would know that the true and living God is present and here with us. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray for this in the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus. We say amen Amen. and amen. Give God some praise.